Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, this is Dawn. Welcome to the latest episode of From Dollar Square to Wear, the Arsenal Twitter podcast, which incidentally contains adult content which is definitely not suitable for young children. Please like and subscribe and leave a five-star review. It really helps. Also, please be sure to visit the YouTube channel and subscribe to that. We have a brand new show, You Can Be The Star, the most interactive Arsenal show, where the twist is the viewer who entertains us the most on the night can join us live on the panel to air their opinions. We have great guests weekly. We've had Kevin Campbell, who was absolutely brilliant. That's still available to watch. And we also have more excellent guests lined up, which is very, very exciting. Thanks for listening. Treacle? People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Hi everyone, welcome to this new edition of From Dial Square to Wear. Right, well I've just literally finished retweeting a few articles that I've come across about Jose Mourinho and also followed them up about some articles about Rafa Benitez. Now, we've still got a manager as it stands, but I'm sure the biggest majority are now really coming to terms with the fact that we need to get rid of our current manager because things just aren't going to get any better anytime soon and um, I've mentioned a couple of times something that uh, Elliot from the Arsenal Vision podcast said that I totally agree with that there's hardly any examples in history of a manager being able to turn around a situation like this successfully where he's so badly lost the fans so badly lost the players by the looks of it and um, just playing sort of terrible football at the moment as it stands I just can't see where we're going to get our next win you know it's um, all down to the players and we're hoping that the players can produce moments of individual brilliance to win us matches so the only chance we've got is to win matches despite the manager not because of the manager I've also read today that apparently don't know how true this is that um, the club have told Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang that he can leave as long as we get an offer of £80 million or more 
and that really is not what we want to be reading you know we just in this continuous cycle where we are always looking to not looking to but selling our best players and we just can't keep doing that as a club it's just not right and God knows where we'd be without Pierre-Emerick Bamiang at the moment probably bottom three this season 50 goals in 70 odd matches it just says it all really and to even be talking like this about getting rid of him is just balmy but um, like I said earlier I've retweeted a few, quite a few articles about Jose Mourinho and why we should not touch him with a 10 foot barge pole because of his toxic attitude and the way that he systematically wrecks clubs everything about the club turns sour um, when he's just about to leave the club and that's the reason why he leaves pretty much all the clubs he's done all the players can't stand him and um, when he last left Chelsea, I think they were 12th in the league. After winning the league the season before, he goes and loses nine of the first 12 matches the following season and he gets sacked. And there's only one reason for that, really. And that is just the way he treats the club and its staff. And remember the way that he treated the club doctor when he was at Chelsea. The, the female doctor who ran onto the pitch too try and treat one of his own players it was just disgraceful and obviously all the the way he left Man United and the, the, all the players and the club were in complete disarray and people just seem to forget this just you know people going about our players becoming better players when they're not playing and it's the same with uh, Jose Mourinho, it seems, that because he's not in a management job at the moment and he's schmoozing everyone by being a pundit on telly, and say, oh, look at me and what a lovely bloke I am. I'm just conning people into believing that. It just seems that because he hasn't managed a club since last December, you know, he's suddenly the best manager in the world again and we've got to get him in our club. Well... Everyone just seemingly has forgotten his record lately, over the last few years. And he's not the same manager that he was when he came into the Premier League so successfully about 15 years ago. He's just not that same bloke anymore. And the sooner people realise that, the better. And if Arsenal make an appointment like that with Jose Mourinho you've got to seriously seriously question the new owners of this club and Raul and so on because they obviously have got very poor choice now we can give them the benefit of the doubt with the Emery appointment because we all know that Gazidis really signed that one off but Raul was still there but we can still blame Gazidis. So we've really got to hope that the club, with the new guys in charge, really know what they're doing and they respect 
Arsenal's true values, class and history with this next appointment. Now with the articles that I've retweeted about uh, Rafa Benitez, my thoughts on this are that the club love and are very encouraged by Freddie Jungberg and his ability as a coach. And he's made it very clear that he wants a number one position. If we do freeze him out and not include him in any new um, sort of hire that we have, then we could risk losing him and, you know, for, for good. And he could just take his skills elsewhere. And I do trust the club and their judgment at the moment still. Very much so when it comes to Freddie Jungberg. They really want to keep him involved. That's why they promoted him to assistant manager and his link with the academy and bringing the youth through, which is one thing we could just kiss goodbye to, by the way, if we ever did appoint Jose Mourinho. They'd be first out the door. So when I'm thinking about Rafa Benitez, I'm thinking very much on the proviso that it'll be with Freddie Jungberg in mind that we give Rafa Benitez an 18-month contract to see out the rest of this year, the rest of this season and next season and work with Freddie Jungberg as his apprentice and so Freddie Jungberg could have Rafa as his mentor and really bring him to be the next long-term manager under his guidance. And I do think it's something that Rafa Benitez will be interested in, to come back to the Premier League for another 18 months, working under that guideline, because he could have a nice bonus in his back pocket for achieving Champions League qualification. And um, I think it's a challenge that he would relish, to be perfectly honest. So that's my thoughts behind Rafa Benitez being the new manager, not to lead the revolution, the Rafa Revolution, however I do think that he would be as close as possible to guaranteed success to get us where we want to be and that's not to challenge for the Premier League title at the moment, we need to understand that. The first step before we could, you know, walking before we can run is to get Champions League football again and I'd be extremely confident that Rafa Benitez could bring us that not only with the top four finish, but also with an excellent chance of winning us the Europa League, like he did with Chelsea under extreme circumstances um, from the Chelsea fans. Literally, continuously, every match, caught, you know, slagging him off. And under that severe provocation, he still won them the Europa League. And that says everything about the guy. Because, um, you know, I remember him doing a, 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 you know, sitting with the, the press before one match or after one match, I can't remember. And I remember him saying, listen, I'm only here till the end of the season and then I'm gone. So for the good of the team, back to the team, and forget about me, just back the team, 
and I'll be gone at the end of the season. Stop, you know, shouting. It's doing no good for the players on the pitch. He didn't care about himself. He just wanted to protect the players so they weren't getting distracted. And he did an absolutely incredible job. And um, the Chelsea fans still disrespected him. And, uh, yeah, and even despite all that, he was very successful in that short stint he had in charge. So I think it'd be a fantastic choice to come in, stabilise the the club and um, get us extremely well drilled and organised. With the great players that we have, he wouldn't play completely boring negative football, contrary to popular belief. He played that sort of negative football, if you like, with Newcastle because of the quality of squad that he had, which was basically a championship squad. So he worked with the strength of the players, got the best out of them, and kept them against all odds in the Premier League to very respect, respectful finishes. And for that, he deserved, you know, Manager of the Season awards, to be perfectly honest, working under Mike Ashley and with the players that he had. He did. He worked miracles with Newcastle United. But like I said, he recognises the, the players that he had, worked to their strengths and got the best he could possibly do out of that squad. Now, with our better quality squad, better quality players, he'll play better quality football. For that, I am absolutely certain. Right, well, I'm just going to take a short break and I'll be back shortly. Welcome back. Although that's a completely pointless thing to say, really, isn't it? We all know that, that you haven't gone anywhere during that short little break. But, you know, everyone has to say, don't they? So, moving on. Uh, we've had the announcement now that um, Granite Jack has been stripped of the captaincy and that Albama Yang is the new captain. And I put on Twitter that... I don't know why any of us fans are bothered about this, to be honest, because it don't affect us in any way, shape or form. And as long as the players are happy, then so be it. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't long for the days of a, a really strong captain like Adams or Vieira and obviously for some of our old competitors like Roy Keane, etc., They made a massive difference on the pitch, but we haven't got any of those types of players anymore. I think the... I mean, personally, I think the the best captains we could have had are... I know this is controversial, but David Luiz, for me, and Kieran Tierney. And I said that when we just signed them. Um, People were coming back at me saying, oh, you can't have a new player as captain, well, I don't see why not, it's the person that leads the players on the pitch, and no matter what anyone thinks of David Luiz and his ability as a defender, without him at the moment, I don't know where we'd be, because he is an orchestrator on the pitch, you can constantly see him telling people 
uh, shouting at people and, t- and pointing and telling them where to be and uh, and giving them guidance. And so does Kieran Kieran Tierney. So I don't think it matters how long you've been with the club. To be perfectly honest, now Bamiang, you know he's really happy, smiley person. He he helps a new youngsters that are coming into the team and he takes them under his wing and so on and so forth but he's not a leader on the pitch as such he could I mean I wouldn't even say he leads by example on the pitch because when he's not scoring or we're not creating a lot of chances he doesn't really do an awful lot on the pitch he has been um, tackling back a bit more I've noticed this season but you know I wouldn't say he's a a real figure on the pitch for other others to sort of follow. So um, the point I was making, really, with regards to you know it not really making much difference to us fans, is is a valid one, really, because apart from leading the team out and sort of maybe sort of facing the media for press conferences, etc., it don't really make much difference to us and. The other one, of course, is Bellerin, who could have been captain, who's now the vice-captain. And he makes a lot more sense as well than uh, Aubameyang. So, like I said, as long as the players are happy with who's captain, I'm happy. But I don't think the players are going to be happy that Granite Jack has been stripped of the captaincy, to be perfectly honest, because... They've all come out and backed him. And if we are to believe that there was some kind of ballot, they all voted for him. And now he's been stripped of the captaincy. And if they're backing him, then they're not going to be happy, are they? So um, it's all down to the stupid delay by Unai Emery again. Everything boils down to his leadership of this team or lack of leadership, because leaving it until the end of, I think it was the end of September, wasn't it, when he was announced as captain, is just far too long, it's ridiculous, you know, why wasn't it done in the summer? He should have just said, right, Jack is captain, that's my decision, like it or lump it, and it didn't happen, did it, and... His leadership, well, his lack of leadership is leading to so many more issues now, as it, as we can see. And, well, we all know and hope that the decision is going to be made soon. I think not all of us, but a lot of us hope that the decision is going to be made soon over his future. But the sooner the better for me. And we missed out on the top four by one point last season. One point. And that means that every game is important. And going into this Leicester game at the weekend with three points on offer, I think we all at the moment are not expecting a single one when we go there. I think we're going to be looking at a a good hiding. And we're six points behind them. This is a real six-point match. It's either going to be three or nine. And I think we're all going to be surprised if it's not nine points gap between us and them at the end of this weekend but not only that we've got I think uh, this is off the top of my head I think we've got a plus one goal difference 
they've got a plus 18 goal difference. And that's an extra point there, really, as well. So, it's uh, not looking amazingly good. So, I can't see the benefit of waiting until until after that match, to be perfectly honest. But in between there and now, we've also got the match versus Victoria coming up. The squad was announced yesterday, I think it was, and uh, it's a very strong squad that's going over there. And one of the most unique things I think I've ever seen since I've been an Arsenal fan is the fact that we have a completely clean bill of health. And I've never known that ever before. Not even a sniffle. Not even a little broken fingernail. Not even a paper cut between the whole squad. And that's just unbelievable. So hopefully Reese Nelson is going to play tonight. A lot He's been taking an awful lot of stick lately. And I've got into that before on previous podcasts. That he really hasn't had a bad start to his Arsenal career. And he was just looking really quite lively before he got his uh, injury, which was really unfortunate timing for him. So I really hope he has a good uh, a good game tonight against Victoria. Absolutely weird, weird, weird kickoff time. So I'm sure an awful lot of us ain't going to be able to watch it live on the telly due to work. Um, if you can get away from work early to watch it, good luck to you. Nice one. Well, I'm going to have to listen to it on the radio and then uh, catch up with the highlights a bit later on. But who knows? I mean, we've we've had a good run in the cups with regards to the performances so far this season, apart from the first leg against uh, Victoria a couple of weeks ago. And... Uh, that was a bit of a disappointing match, as we all know, unfortunately. But uh, that aside, we've had some really good games to watch in the uh, cup competitions this season. So I hope we get another one um, today. So fingers crossed for that. But that match is not going to be... Unless we get hammered, of course, it's not going to really determine the future of uh, Emery. But... I can see and I hope that the one against Leicester will be. So let's um, see what that happens. But at the moment, unfortunately, and I'm being realistic, I'm not being like uh, utterly negative. I'm just being realistic with the way that they are playing at the moment and their manager, the way they're set up versus us and our performances at the moment. I can only see probably a three-goal defeat like we did last year uh, away to Leicester in the running. I can't really see anything better than that unless the players take it upon themselves to produce some moments of magic. And um, hopefully we'll see Pepe back in the team at the weekend and we'll keep Meza Ozil in place and uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette as well maybe. 
we hopefully will see the magic foursome up front for us and just we'll just take it to them and the quality of the players may hopefully make a difference on the day we'll have to wait and see I'll just take another break I'll speak to you soon Hi there, welcome back to the last part of the podcast. It's actually going to be a shorter one today because the last section of this podcast I was going to be talking about the match that we all witnessed against Vittoria, which was a bit of a a car crash to say the least. Really, really bad performance again and I was going to go through all that but I have appeared on the Bearded Gooners podcast today, his first live YouTube show, and that gave me the opportunity to properly talk about that match, have a good rant, get a lot of frustrations out of my system, so instead of doing it twice, I'm going to leave it on this episode, so it'll be a shorter episode of this regular podcast, however, straight away afterwards, I'm going to be posting an extra podcast where you can listen to that in that um, chat I had with the bearded gooner in full and I really enjoyed it it was really good hopefully the first of many collaborations we'll do together and I'd like to say that I was really on form so have a listen to that one straight after this it'll be there episode 32 uh, this one being 31 and um, I'll leave it there. So thanks very much for joining me on this uh, episode. We'll start another one very shortly. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we may have some more news before the next match against Leicester this weekend regards the manager. I strongly doubt it, but you never know. We live in hope. So we don't get spanked about 6-0 by Leicester at the weekend. And uh, hopefully we'll have a better result with a new manager. I'll leave it there. All right, speak soon. Take care. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Please like. Please share with your friends. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. We really need your help to spread the word about from Dar Square to Wear. So if you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the From Dar Square to Wear YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you never miss a live show. And finally, please tune in to the live shows. Don't forget, you can get the chance every week to be the star alongside Andrew and his great guests just for being the most entertaining viewer on the night. Thanks again and see you on the next episode. Bye!